Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Grassroots Roundtable Podcast. I guess I'm your host, Adam the A-Game Bailey, elder of Grassroots Church here in West Virginia, joined, as always, by the main man himself, Darren, che- Darren Chelly. I was thinking about your wife. Her name is Kelly, but she's not here. Darren Cherry, lead elder of Grassroots Church, Dub V. Sup, boy? Good morning. How are you? I'm pretty good. Just sitting here in a cloud of disinfectant. You could taste it, can't you? Yeah, I, I got pretty uh, loose with it whenever I'm okay I with was it. waiting for you to arrive. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I can taste it, and, and I don't mind. We're safe. We're being wise. Yeah, we are at a literal roundtable again, and we are socially distant and emotionally distant because, honestly, I just don't care about you. I'm kidding. Not emotionally distant. Very emotionally close. Love you. But, man, it's going to be an interesting morning. Uh, I think you said this is the 10th podcast we've recorded. Double digits. Double digits. Double digits. Don't really know when this is going to be released, um, but I do know that if we haven't made someone mad up to this point, I think today's the day. If you've listened to any of our previous podcasts, we might have said a few things to just get a conversation rolling that maybe you didn't always agree with. But today we're going to be discussing politics we're about to make somebody mad which is a topic that we put on the back burner a few weeks ago this was on the agenda to discuss but we thought that at that which was true at the time we needed more political unity it wasn't the time to talk about politics with the pandemic happening and everything going on just not the time but now politics are all the rave bernie sanders dropped out of the uh out of the primary okay did you see the Babylon Bee post about that it said Bernie Sanders endorses the guy that he spent over a year trying to convince you not to vote for. I know. Don't you just love American politics? I think that the national election, well, the presidential election is just too long. We don't need two years of campaigning, maybe six months. Like they have like 50 debates. There's nothing new happening. They're not changing them. The candidates on the stage are not changing. Do you know why I love when an election's over? I don't, I don't watch enough don't TV know. or listen to enough radio to care about the ads, but do you know why I love when election's over? All the signage goes away. All the road signs. What's the worse, on the, the, side the, the signs the or the signs. online ads and all the... I don't do enough... President Obama ruined your life in 2009. Now I, he's I don't back. watch enough TV, listen to enough radio, or am online enough for any of that to... It sounded to like get an honest trailer. I don't know what that was. Remember when you hated Obama? Now his vice president is coming after you and your kids. No, it's 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 a, it's an election year, and I think things will, if they haven't hit the fan politically, they're going to. But here's the major question that we're going to try to discuss within 40 to 45 minutes is how are Christians, Bible-believing Christ-loving Christians, supposed to engage in politics only as republicans that's how are you sure darren oh wait what hey here's a question for you just uh, you know, do you think that it's dangerous that republican now equals christian do you think that they're synonymous or do you think that they're just some overlays or is that a no-no thought i i think <laughs> it's foolish i think it's foolish i think there are i know people on both sides of the party line that love Jesus deeply and desire to follow him above all else. And I know people on both sides of the party line that absolutely hate Jesus. I've said it many times before. It's probably the 
I don't know, most controversial thing I've said in our podcast, but I, I do believe this. And a lot of my view is coming from, if you remember, um, Russ Moore's book, Onward. Great book. Highly recommend. Please read that book, especially if you're a church leader. Highly read recommend. Read that book. It's, it's eye-opening. But it basically, it's one of those books where I had a previous thought and a conviction, and I read the book. Didn't really teach me anything new. It just put into words what I already believed. But we're in a dangerous time now, especially with, uh, you know, Trump is president. He's very popular within the evangelical circles. My personal belief is that it's dangerous whenever you say, oh, this person is Republican. Politically, they are a Republican. Thus, they are Christian. Mm. Vice versa, it's not healthy to say, I'm a Christian. I have to vote Republican. That's not to say that there are some overlaps. We're both pro-life, and that is a major part of the Republican platform. We agree with that. But not all the time does Christian equal Republican. That's why the word evangelical is kind of more of a... um, political phrase it has become a, a political a phrase. phrase anymore yeah it's a political phrase now. evangelical means conservative republican and there are a few distinctions to be made there which brings us into this discussion what is a christian supposed to do about politics well and we are we are five minutes into this podcast and i know we've already somebody's already angry that's fine. Who's who's angry? Who do you think? Somebody. Who do you think? I name. Oh, I'm not naming names. <laughs> I'm not getting that much trouble. Oh man. Anyway, if you ever have any questions, we're transparent. You yep. can find us grassrootswv.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Text us. Email us. Don't meet us in person. <laughs> not that we're not hiding from right anybody. <laughs> we're not hiding from anybody. No, not as of right now. We're still doing the social distance. Social distancing stuff. But yeah, we again. This is a discussion. Not, hey, you all need to believe this right no. now. We're just, we just want to talk. We want to invite you into that discussion. So what, uh, well, let's start here. What I would like to do, Darren, this is kind of your area. You love studying about the church. Yes. We're not talking about how the church is supposed to engage in politics. We're talking about how Christians yes. are supposed to engage in politics. So whenever we say the church as grassroots, whenever we say the church, what is the church? Biblically. Yeah, that is the actual body of Christ, the the ones that have, uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit, put their faith in Jesus, have been marked by the Holy Spirit, by Him indwelling them, and they are the sons and daughters of God, uh, the brothers and sisters of Christ, uh, the family of God, and so we are the church, the people. Uh, so when we talk about grassroots church, we talk about the people of the church, and, and we, we communicate that everywhere we can, including, um, we've, I've even quizzed people on this, what does our sign say out at the end of the road for, for the church being here? At the end of the road, does it say stop? Because it's at the end of the <laughs> road? Nope, nope. <laughs> it says grassroots church gathers here because we didn't want to just put grassroots church, like Mm -hmm. that the church is here even if the people aren't. No, grassroots church gathers here. It's the people. It's the individuals that come together as the body of Christ. That's the church. So you can say on this level that um, that these sentences mean the same. How should Christians be involved in American politics, and how should the church be involved in American politics whenever you're talking about the church being the individuals? So we're not going to talk about how should the church, meaning the local, state, national institution, 
So we're yes. not talking about how that church should engage in politics. Because one thing, you've said it many times uh, on Sunday mornings, uh, we as a church are not going to endorse a particular candidate. No. We are not going to tell everybody to go out and protest for a particular policy or protest no. against it. Now, That's I will say, I will say this. You can look in our Constitution and bylaws. Okay, it's actually in our Constitution of the church that talks about, there's a whole phrase there that says, you know, no amount of money of the church or effort of the church will be used for anything like that. So we're not going to, as, a, as an entity. As an institution. Yeah, as an institution, we're not going to cut a check to pay for a billboard for a certain candidate uh, to be put up there. Even if, even if, if you were to run for a public office, personally, you'd have my vote in a heartbeat. But the church Ooh, as a whole... I have an idea. Keep going. The church as a whole... Um, do you have a campaign slogan? Um, the church as I a do. whole would Make not... Make America better. Oh, well, here we go. Well, okay. So the church as a whole would not be cutting a check to support that. We would not on Sunday morning be encouraging people to vote. You know what we would do on Sunday morning? We would, we would pray over you. Mm-hmm. And not it's, it's because, on an individual level, yeah. not a big institution, yeah. which we have to get that out of the way first. I, I, a lot of local churches, even here in Lewisburg, a little bit different than what than the, than the position that we're taking. Because I'm willing to bet that there are a few uh, men behind the pulpit that will talk about their support of a particular politician. Oh, no doubt. We're, we don't do that. No. We don't talk about policies in the individual themselves, but not in a political light. We... As a church, grassroots church, fully support the separation of church and state both ways that national, state, local policies should not dictate the teachings and practices of the church, nor do we necessarily believe that the Christian teaching should be applied 100% to all policies. That's a theocracy that we don't believe for the protection of yeah. the church. And I know, and, and just remember, because we're talking about 100% of church, uh, of, of biblical precedent of biblical teachings, of biblical doctrine, uh, everything in the Bible, 100% of it needs to be applied to us as Christians. Absolutely. Okay, but we're not saying that it can be applied to politics. This is different. Right, don't, don't take Bible verses out of context and tell me why the Bible is socialistic, and then don't take Bible verses out of context to tell me why the Bible is the most capitalistic book of all time. It's not, because it's people not what do it's meant for. People they do. do that. We're not, we're not here to do this, that this morning. We're here to talk about how the individual Christian should engage in politics. Right there. So if you're listening to this, this is for the individual. Okay, this is for you. This is for, for me. This is for Adam. This is for the guy who's trying to lead his family. You know, how do we get... That's what we're talking about this, this, today, this morning. I, I'm not saying we have all the answers. No. Just getting the ball rolling on a discussion, even if you do not identify as a Christian. I do think that these are at least some good tips and how we can all, in a healthy way, engage in politics. It's a very divided world. There's a lot of hate out there. And that's exactly where we're going to start. As Christians, we believe in the pure deity of Jesus Christ, the pure humanity of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, resurrection, his ascension, his teachings, 100% of Jesus. We are disciples of Jesus. Jesus, for the most part, pretty apolitical. There were several instances during his ministry, his several years of ministry, where he was asked to engage in politics, or at least offer some commentary. Um, and, and we're going to start right there. So Jesus, 
in Matthew 22, and you have some verses as well, right? Yeah. Uh, Mark, yeah, Jesus was asked by several different religious factions uh, various questions about politics of that era, because you did have Roman rule at the time. Uh, you did have Pilate, the governor. I mean, all, all this was under the Roman Empire, but there was still a, le- a certain level of regional autonomy. So there were some religious leaders that did have some political sway, and they were trying to get Jesus on their side because he was very popular. So they're asking him a lot of questions. A lot of people can go to whenever he was asked about taxes. Uh, the Herodians ask him, is it lawful to pay taxes or should we not? And Jesus kind of like, give the Caesar whatever is Caesar's. But following that in Matthew 22, I know of, uh, what is it, Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus gives us what I would say is the first way for Christians to engage in politics. He was asked by the Pharisees, what is the greatest commandment? And he says that the greatest commandment is love your Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then also, as a part of that, you should love others as you would love yourself. Love your neighbors like you love yourself. See, Outside the Bible's socialistic things, right there. <laughs> See? Clearly. Feel the burn. Of, I'm, I almost said something that would have got me in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, but Jesus, yeah. when asked a third time to offer his own commentary on politics, uh, mentions that, um, you know, out of all the different commandments, out of all things to do, what is most important? Love God with all you are, your entire being. Also, love others like you would love yourself. And I think that's where we have to start as we engage in politics as Christians. And I'm saying that because there is so much hate out there. So many Republicans, I'm, I'm not even saying the word hate. Like I mean, like, they hate. They hate liberals. A lot of liberals hate conservatives. A lot of libertarians hate. There's so much hate. And on a bigger scale, a global scale, there are some political factions that do hate minorities. We do have racism in some precincts. You know, the KKK is still active. There are a lot of, um, not a lot, but, you know, a fair amount of people, one person's too many, too many people then, you know, of anti-semantic policy. There is hate out there. So as Christians, we have to be involved in politics, support policies, support individuals that foster love towards God and love towards others. No hate is basically all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and and I think a lot of that is this this people want to then nitpick this, okay? Because um, then then they would say, well, it's being homophobic and not loving if you don't support same sex marriage. And, and, and that's where the difference comes in, mm-hmm. okay? You don't have to hate somebody to disagree with them. You do not have to hate somebody to have a different stance and work towards something different. Which is an excellent point. Sorry to interrupt you right no, there, okay. but um, a good point of what you're kind of touching on there is that if you look at the word tolerance... Um, it doesn't mean agrees with. Exactly. Like, we can be against same-sex marriage... But that doesn't mean we hate the individuals. Like, a matter of fact, we love the individual and put them on the same platform of love that we would anybody. Granted, we would disagree with some things, but it's like, no, but we still love you. We we look over that. Well, and I think uh, a not, good not example. Not in that way that I'm. Oh, no, I know you, what you, you mean. Know what but, I mean. But I think a good example of that is um, I think if somebody met, if, if, if a Christian met um, a, a same-sex couple that were married, they would possibly 
I'm not going to blanket statement here, but possibly say, hey, I'm not going to associate with them. They are in sin. Um, they are not uh, living as they should. This is not God's design. Now, to be honest, all statements I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we met a woman who had had an abortion in the past, would we do the same to her? Or would we go, well, that's in the past? Or would we say, no, that was sin? And, and so it's like, we do not agree with abortion. We we do think it's murder. And, um, and now so I, we are pro-life. Yes. And, and I do think now I do think it's a deep topic. I think it is a, a complicated topic. I think it's more than just yes or no. I do think it's deeper than that. Um, I don't think there's a large gray area, uh, but um, but we are pro-life and we are for Life. That's what we always say. We're not. We're not anti-abortion. We are, we are for life. life. Yeah. We're not anti-same-sex marriage. We are for God's design in traditional marriage. Now, something I know, maybe some of you are listening to this. You know, I am in no way denying that feelings are real. I'm no way saying that the commitment's not real, but not a conviction that comes from us, but from the Holy Spirit in us through God's Word. That's where we stand. Now, if we meet people, if they came in on a Sunday morning, you know, if we had, you know, gatherings at the time or if somebody in, interacted with us, we're not just going to be like, sorry, can't, can't talk to you, I'm out, you know, not going to be able to discuss it because they are still marked by a creator. They are an image bearer of Christ. And and I'm going to, I'm going to, listen, y'all, I does the air feel as heavy in here to you as it does to me right now? Like, this is a heavy topic. Like, no, I'll keep going. Dig, oh, my dig goodness. The hole. So, dig, dig, dig. So here's, here's something. Um, we would hear about somebody who goes into uh, a community. We've heard a lot about it. Um, in fact, I think, what did we say, this is the first time since 2007 there wasn't a school shooting in March? Did you see that statistic? No, but I think it was the since the first time in 2007, something like telling. that. But all of that, you know, somebody would go into a school and shoot a place up, or somebody would go into an area and and, and there was a mass shooting. We've had a lot of those. We would we would be broken by that. We'd be heartbroken by that. And then when it happened in, I think it was Orlando, it went. It was in a club. Somebody went and shot it up. I saw people's reactions being broken by that until they found out that it was a gay club. Yep. Totally turned a blind to, and, and then ideas. people like, yeah, were like, get, "Well, sinners. that's." And it's like you th- repent of that hateful, sinful attitude that is still a a human marked by a Creator God. That's and a good so, point, Darren. And so, yeah, the that, double standard almost. Yeah, and so that's what we're saying. Like moving forward in love, that doesn't mean agree with. I'm going to use the example. We use it all the time. If my children say, "Who I love dearly." Most of the time, um, do I? You know, it's if they say, "Dad, what makes me happy is to play in traffic," and I say, "Well, I love you, so I just want you to be happy." Good luck, you know. Just dodge to the best of your ability. You know, no, no, no. I'm going to speak truth into their lives, and so um, my whole thing behind that is is to move forward in love, love for God first. Correct. And, and then love for others as ourselves, you know, putting them ahead of us. And with that, uh, it doesn't mean we have to agree because how much love did Jesus to Jesus show to the, the woman at the well? Mm-hmm. 
how much love that he showed to her and going, hey, you've been divorced this many times and you're living with a guy you're not even married with. You should probably repent of that. Yeah. It's like he showed so much love and she responded to that, but he spoke truth. So I've rambled enough. But um, no, I like, I like that. That's the whole point. Jesus, when talking about politics, um, and again, you can look at Matthew 22. I think that the succession there, and he's engaged by the Herodians about paying taxes. He's approached by the Sadducees about the resurrection, uh, basically. And then he's approached by the Pharisees, who, who are the ones asking, um, what's the greatest commandment? He's like, love God, love others like you love yourself. So if you're going to engage in politics, keep that in mind. If you support any policy or any politician that harnesses this heart of hate towards anyone, anyone of a different ethnicity, anyone of a different race, anyone from a different nation even. No, 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 no. Well, like and you, you have to... And with that, yeah, well, it's... In, any policy, uh, you can actually probably spin it. But also, if you oppose any policy, any person, do it lovingly. Yeah, just do love. Make, make love be your goal to... Um, it's, yeah, it's about love. Where's the love, y'all? Yeah. And this isn't, we're not getting oh, all hippie-ish, like it's all about love. You know, literally, it's We biblical. hug even under social distancing. I hug my wife. I don't hug your wife. I hug my <laughs> That's a good thing. I tried, I tried to set it up. <laughs> did the misdirection work there? Uh, actually, yes. That was good. You, did, you, you were about to throw something at me. No, I don't have, well, I've got a few things. So it's good. funny now, you can do more damage by hugging somebody. Like if there's one loaf of bread left at the grocery store and it's you and some person like both eyeing it, just go toward, towards them and try to hug them. You will get the piece of bread. That's true. Or you'll get a hug. Win. Hey. Win. And on that, the pandemic, real quick, side note, we're doing good on time, so wark, I'm going to do this. Wark, wark. Yep, rabbit trail. Um, I ha- you're talking about love. I I haven't been out that much. You know, we we've we've done the you know, self-quarantine. We don't go anywhere unless we have to. But we had to run some supplies to a family in Charleston. Um, And on the way back, uh, my son and I stopped. He needed some stuff for, he has a gecko, okay? Which, real quick, if you want to bug him, uh, talk to him about his gecko, but call it a lizard. (laughs) He gets upset about that. Talk to him about his car insurance. (laughs) But he... um, so, so he has this gecko. We had to stop. So we stopped at PetSmart. And we luckily what we wanted was actually right by the front door. We go to the checkout. Nobody's in line. Well, then there's these four, and I call them kids. They're probably, I would say, 17, 18, 19, something like that. And, it, you know, they're hanging out, you know, which obviously right now is when you get together with four of your friends and hang out and go to public places. Mm-hmm. You know. But we go up to the cashier, and, of course, you know, all places you go shop right now have the lines on the floors, you know, try to keep social distancing, that type of thing. And we're checking out, and they come and stand right behind us. And the cashier who's just, she looks like she's only like 16, she just looks back at him and goes, hey, um, we need you all to get behind the line. And, like, one of the girls, like, flipped out. It was like, oh, I'm so sorry I got close. And then she moved back behind the line. And then, of course, because there were four of them, they asked them to move back behind another line. You know, to, and she was like, my bad again. And I'm like, I'm like, I didn't realize people were being this ignorant about it. People and, and just being don't this care. Mean. They're Americans and they have rights. America. If I, I can hug whoever I want because I'm an American. That's exactly what I'm not going to do that. I'm not a very touchy-feely guy anyway. So, yeah, make sure that as you engage in politics, anything, never, ever be motivated by hate. Um, love God, love others. 
I also think there is another step that Christians can take whenever they are engaging in American politics, because um, our political, our federal system is a little bit different than every other country ever. But um, another thing, <laughs> it's a big one. <clears throat> Hit us with it. Uh, submitting to authority. What? Wait a minute. Uh, Wait no. a I minute. Know. They set the rules and we follow them. But Darren, you have, uh, what, Romans 13 on standby? Um, yeah, a couple of verses that I think help us with that. Going back to where you were at in Matthew when they said, hey, um, should we pay taxes? And he was like, well, let me see a coin. And they said, well, here. And he goes, okay, who's who's on? George Washington was on there. George coin. Washington was on one side. and Donald Trump was on the other. Oh, my goodness. You're fired. Or Pro- should I say it? You're fired. Or how does it? <laughs> you're fired. I, I can't. I that. never watched that show. I never did either. Not but once. of course, that was that's pop culture. But uh, you can listen to that podcast on the second episode of the Grassroots Roundtable podcast. Okay, so um, he said, "Who's on there?" And they said, uh, "Caesar." And he goes, "Okay, render under Caesar what Caesar." It's like, listen, submit to the authority, pay the taxes that you're being asked to pay. Now, think about that. Because I'm thinking. think about it. Thinking. Who's he telling that to? He is telling that to a Jewish people that are under the rule of a foreign entity. The Roman Empire has conquered them, taken control, and taxing them. And Jesus is going, eh. pay your taxes. Like he was concerned with something else. And, and that's yeah. one of the, um, you know, things, like everyone was trying to get Jesus on their side because so many of the Jews thought that if there was going to be a Messiah, as Jesus was claiming to be, it was political or militaristic, overthrowing those um, governances. Do you remember up, what his disciples said after he rose from the dead? Uh, is uh, the army here now? That's, they were like... terrible the, mobster. I was going to say, that I, sounded... What? What, Darren? Was that a little more boston Hey, Boston. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, we already promised no. Hey, uh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> we, we already promised no going to do now, impersonations. Hey, but, yeah, um, Sorry, guys. But it is. Uh, where were we at? Uh, we were talking about the disciples. Oh, yeah. Jesus was. They were like, okay, now, now will you set up Israel again? And he's like, that's not what I came to do. Okay. He, he, he came to die and set up a kingdom that is not visible. Exactly other than the people that are a part of it, and it's a kingdom that is coming. And that's, you know, and you brought it up, Romans 13, um, Paul is actually talking about be in submission to the authority over you. And once again, think about that. Romans, it's a letter to the church in Rome. (laughs) Irony? Who is under mass persecution. Okay, so it's like seeing that. And and let's just, let's, let's set something real clear right now. Okay, here in America, all right, because of this pandemic, being asked not to meet on Sunday mornings is not persecution. Stop it. It's not persecution. Okay. You are being controlled by fear. When you go, you know, Adam, if you go right now out into um, some, if you go to Walmart right now and you start walking around the aisles screaming the gospel at people and they ask you to leave, you are not under persecution. You're just an idiot who got kicked out of a store for being disruptive. I don't know. I mean, 
I want to say so many things to that. I feel like I'm always being set up to like say something like over the. If if we were not being recorded right now, I would have made like four different <laughs> jokes. And here's the thing: I we made, need our coffee shop days back, where literally, we can just shoot back and forth. I literally make jokes about everything. As a matter of fact, a couple years ago, <laughs> during the 2016 election, I think I might have made like a a joke on Sunday morning against a candidate that was running for president. And I was I would have said the same thing with anybody, whether whoever their party affiliation would have been. But do you remember that? You were like, yeah, I mean, I want to tone down the political jokes a little bit. <laughs> I'd upset somebody. It was like, look, I mean, it wasn't personal. It was just a joke. But you're absolutely right. So Jesus was more, his main goal, starting with his ministry, whenever John the Baptist was out there you know, proclaiming the word in the wilderness, he's baptizing, um, he was baptizing everyone who was over there, saying, repent for the kingdom of God. God is at hand. Yep. Jesus came to begin and continue that kingdom. It doesn't matter what government you're under. If you're under an American federalist system, if you're under a more democratic socialist system in Europe, it doesn't matter. If someone if the government completely changed and we're suddenly a socialist nation, or if it completely changed and we're like a libertarian whatever, it doesn't it matters, but what matters most is like we are a part of Jesus's kingdom. So we're not that that should be our main concern is really all that I'm saying there. So whenever it comes to the authority, submitting to the authority, that plays a huge role. Yep. And, like, and we can even say this: Do you and I personally, on a personal, want us to become more of a socialistic nation? No. Oh, no. Really? Don't do that. <laughs> now you're gonna make me the bad guy. No, we neither of us do. We know that. Like we know we don't want that. But if that is the direction our nation goes, if that's what ends up happening, we'll still submit to the authority given over us because that's what God told if us to do. If my taxes, let's say Bernie Sanders had won the nomination and if he was elected president and somehow through that I had to pay 25% of my income tax, which is funny right now, we're not far behind that. But anyway, <clears throat> we need to have an episode about the flat tax. No. Okay, anyway, <laughs> I, I will pay that 25%. It's like, well, I have to do... Um, but yeah, that's just the rule. Doesn't mean I like it. No, I would change it if I had the opportunity to do so. But I don't set those rules necessarily. I submit to the authorities. So well, let's, let's boil it down a little bit more. Yeah, and and I think a good point to make here is because we're talking about the authority, and it's like, it, and let's just even go back there. I'm sure there are people that are like, I love Jesus. I'm following Jesus, and you know, President Trump is not my president. Okay, and and I'm just going to point that and. I'm sure there are people that did that, okay? I was about to say that too. Trump, not my president. Yeah, like I'm sure there are people that did that. But remembering in Romans 13, Paul is saying there's no authority that's been given here on earth except God has allowed it. And in Proverbs, uh, it's the end of Proverbs 20, end of Proverbs 21, there's a verse that has, one, the first time I read it, it's probably been about 15 years ago that I first read that verse. And, and it really, that's when... I think politics started giving me less anxiety, less angst, less worry, mm -hmm. is uh, in Proverbs 20 and 21. Um, you know, Solomon is talking about how he, he describes the heart of the king as like a river, okay? And God bends that river whichever direction he wants it. And so I know a lot of you, if you're listening to this, you're going, wait a minute, no. Like, 
politicians have enacted war and sin and things like that. And it's like, hold on, I get that, I get that. But what I'm saying is there's no authority on earth that hasn't been placed by God, and there's nothing that has taken place that God hasn't been absolutely in control of. What would you say to someone that would bring up the topic about 1950s civil rights protests and things like that? Because I'm going somewhere with that, because, uh, you know, a lot of times that will be brought up. And there was a lot of racial injustice in the 1950s in the Deep yeah. South. Jim Crow was awful. Again, yeah. that goes back to, like, loving others, too. Like, those policies were awful. If you look at the way that the rebellions were taking place, they were peaceful protests. Yeah. It's not like they were blowing stuff up. So whenever you talk about authority, it's like, were they, were they disobeying the law? Yes, peacefully. It's not like they were hurting well and if it was a peaceful protest it was actually in line with the law but because no i'm just trying to say like a lot of times whenever you say submit to authority it's like what if the authority is wrong what if they do have jim crow laws and they're being well and that's planted against i go back to the abortion issue because right now abortion is legal in our country and we would not want it to be and and i know that's a we can do a whole podcast on that that's a a debate that's been raging now for you know what Almost about 50 three years. years. <laughs> about three years. Um, about three years, I think. So, but with that, it is the idea that we do stand against the laws that have been written. We do not stand against authority over us. We stand against the decision that was made by the authority. We, if there's a, a, a website you can go to and, and sign a petition to end abortion, we go and we, we sign that. We encourage our people to go sign that. If, if a candidate is pro-life, it, it moves them further up, you know, a line in possibly getting our vote because of that. It's a huge, huge topic, um, a huge, you know, point of, uh, you know, our, our doctrine and belief and, and biblically. And, and so all with, with all of that, we, we do, but will we, will we stand outside of a courthouse with signs and scream at people going, this is why I love, okay? And I know the we're going to... The answer gonna, was no. Let's, let's tick people off real quick. Um, I saw somebody claim, oh my goodness, I'm not even going to get all, into all the details, but um, there are, you know, uh, the Planned Parenthood, the abortion clinics. And, and Planned Parenthood does more than just abortions, okay? Right. Um, but abortion clinics. Um, a lot of Christians have set up clinics near them that are, um, they used to be called crisis pregnancy centers, but now they're called care pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what it was is just uh, because statistics show that if women will see an ultrasound or hear a heartbeat, that they are less likely to have an abortion. So they set these up and they, they offer care. They even offer like, listen, we'll help you get through this. And then if you don't want to keep the child, um, then we will... Um, we people are walking outside, and I'm like, please tell me somebody's not gonna like come in here. Um, but <laughs> the Gustavo is gonna get you. <laughs> they caught us. But um, but it is the people uh, will will help them give the baby up for adoption, and I love that. That it's I'm not gonna stand out here and just throw hate at the the Christian who kills the abortion doctor because he's an abortion doctor is the biggest idiot on the face of the earth. I've heard of point one, love God, love others. Yes. Um, and so we do it lovingly. And so we offer like, hey, listen, we know you're going to come in here and we just want to give you the opportunity to come over here and listen to heartbeat, you know, that type of thing. And so so we we take stances like that. Um, 
and and I'm rambling again, but uh, but it, it is submitting to that authority, but doesn't mean you have to agree with everything the authority does. But you've already said it to love them, uh, to love God love first, God, to love, love others. others, and then uh, the second one is to submit to the authority. Yep, uh, we cannot you know, go 55 miles an hour down, you know, Lewisburg. <laughs> no, but let me ask we you can't a be question. Like, well, yeah, let me ask you a question. Okay, can we go 54? Down. Yeah. I mean, they're pedestrians. Okay. No, uh, the question is, um, I'm sorry, we've been watching The Office, and I, I, it's that episode that, you know, Dwight is eating all of his food from his uh, bomb shelter or whatever. And, and Eight months. He I was like, that. Yeah, he was like, in just two months, he's like, could it happen in three months? Possibly. That is a possibility. Yeah, possibly. What about four months? There's some situations where that might be accurate. Five months. I think so. And then it cuts, and he's going, but what about 459 months? There could be some situations where that might be on and on. It cuts away and it comes back. That's what I was thinking. But um, here, here's a verse I think I've heard a few times through all this, and it's in Acts 5. Um, I believe it's Peter and John are, are taken in before the authorities, and they are said, you know, they are told, hey, we, we thought we told you to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. We thought we told you to stop doing this. And Peter's response is, we have to obey God rather than men. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we should, in fact, 100% definitely still be meeting on Sunday mornings here at the theater. Because he said we ought to obey God rather than men. And, and God said, you know, in, in through, through Paul and Timothy, he said, you know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You know, especially as we see the day approaching. Boy, I hope that was in Timothy. Where's that at? Yeah. Well, this is what I'll say to that while you're looking it up. You can still meet, just not in person all the time. And it's temporary. It's not like it's a law that was passed that says the churches cannot meet, period. You can still meet online. You can still call individuals. Like, we can still be together virtually. And everything that's happening now is happening in the short term. You know, long term, things will go It was back. in Hebrews. I don't know why I was thinking Timothy. But well, because I'm about to mention for our next point, 2 Timothy oh, 2. that's true. That's true. But, yeah, so so what about that? Like, we ought to obey God rather than men. We still are. I mean, we're not we're not disobeying men. Are you, that's what I don't understand. Like, the whole concept is like, well, we, we have to keep meeting on Sunday because, according to Scripture, we have to. It's like, well, you can still meet and congregate online. No one's stopping you from doing that. No one's impeding on free. So anyway, that that whole topic, I'm like, I don't get. I, yeah, we I mean, still I have the freedom. So we still have the freedom to preach the gospel. We still have the freedom to tell people about Jesus. We still have the freedom to spread. And the major hypocrisy, the they'll say that they'll a very um, hypothetical person will say that you know grassroots church not meeting on Sunday, they're being motivated by fear. I would say, well, who's being motivated by fear? Whenever you're telling us that the government is trying to take away our rights to religious freedom and freedom mm. of speech. Good point. We were listening to this. Um, I'm not sorry for that. <laughs> In the slightest. All right, we got a few minutes left. Um, third yeah, point. Yeah, final point. Yeah, I got a third point, and then just a couple of tips from me to you. I did study political science back in the day. It does not make me an expert, but just a little bit of tips. So before you go to third point, point number one was? Love God, love others. And point number two was? Submit to authority. So point number three. According to 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, pray for your leaders. No, I don't like them. Not my prayer. Pray for them. I, I don't Dude, like I'm them. honestly guilty for this. Can I have not really prayed for 
President Trump. I I don't like our leaders. I'm not praying for them. That's like in the situation they're making so many. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not biblical? I was trying to get to a point, and you kept like bringing it back, and I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm going to listen to see what he's saying. Listen, I don't like what they do, and I don't agree with them, and so I don't want God to bless them, so I'm not going to pray for them. Need to pray for them. You need to pray for them for yes. wisdom that they make the right decision. Pray Again, they are them. representing us. The politicians we elect, they represent us. Pray for you know, all we don't of represent them. Represent them. Yes. May they make the right decisions. May they have wisdom. May they have discernment. May they have vision in going forward. And even if you if you hate President Trump, um, <laughs> what's wrong with you? I'm kidding. Um, no, I'm kidding. Well, but for the person who like hates President Trump, first off, you're supposed to love everybody. Shame on you there. Uh, but you should still want him to make the right decisions. Like you wouldn't want anybody to fail. They fail, you fail. Um, but yeah, that's very simple. Yeah, it sounds simple. It's like how are Christians supposed to engage in politics? Like, ah, oh, love everybody, submit to authority, pray for them. What could be they the have to make a lot of hard prayer. decisions? What could be the greatest prayer that you could pray for for people in authority that you just can't stand? The greatest prayer you can pray for them is God. I pray that they would come to a saving knowledge of you. I pray that that you would give them the faith they need to come to faith in you and and usher them into your kingdom. And that they would be in the right... Again, I feel sorry for them. Go back to that hypothetical person that would hate Trump. It's like, you have to have some sympathy for them. I mean, the decisions he makes, even yesterday, coming out with a press conference, giving guidelines to how states can kind of begin to open up, reopen their economy, that's a hard decision. I don't want to be in that... It's lose-lose. you Lives are going to be lost by the decisions he's made. I've heard people even say, like, the blood of some people are on his hands. It's like, gosh, indirectly, sure, but gosh, man, pray for that's hard. Even their their state of mind. Yeah, it's and here's here's something I was thinking about once. I'm intrigued with the office of the presidency, not from a political standpoint, but I've always been more interested in the characters behind the president, um, the man or woman. If we have one, but um, like the the character behind that, you they just can't be like, I don't want to be president anymore. Like, I'm done today. They have to go to work every day. They can't just play around a golf. I mean, there could be a global war. I don't know. It's it's a hard position. Pray for them. Yeah, pray for them. And I think this even, what you're talking about, you know, you think about our governor. You know, he came out and, and once again, lose-lose. It's lose-lose. Like, our, if you shut everything down, people are like, you're ruining lives. If you don't shut everything down, people are like, you're ruining lives. And so it's yeah. lose-lose. And he kept coming out, and he's just trying to do his best. Okay, and then finally, just he made the statement, "I'm not going to apologize for being me." And I think, and I saw a lot of Christians react to that on Facebook and social media, going, "I need to repent that I've been making fun of this man in the midst of all this." And that's and a that, tough spot to be in. Yeah, and so I saw a lot of people repent, and and to be honest, uh, you know, I haven't made. A whole lot of fun. I will say the one thing I kept making fun of him is no, no way, shape, form, or fashion. How he kept no way, shape, form, or fashion. No yeah. way, shape, form. He kept saying that, and so I used to, you know, kind of tease on that a little bit. Um, but even I, I had to realize, you know, I have probably spent more time making fun of him than praying for him. Yeah, it's tough. I'm happy you're a big enough person to say that, Darren. I you, thought you were going to say I'm happy you're a bigot. I'm like, wow, bigot. Okay. In every way, shape, form, and fashion. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. I, I, um, again, I sympathize with all leaders in their in their position. Uh, even Nancy Pelosi leading the, um, the House. She's the Speaker of the House. Third in line to be president. If you don't know your civics, if you don't know your federalist system, 
or the chain of command therein. But man, she has, I, I don't know how many Democrats there are in the House, but I was thinking about that. It'd be hard to get 10 people in line. Imagine trying to get like two, 300 people in line. Gosh, that's tough. Yeah, pray, pray for your uh, authorities. So love God, love others, submit to authority, uh, and pray for those in leadership positions. I think that's, if you are going to step into American politics, keep those things in mind. That being said, I want to encourage everybody, if you're listening, uh, participate in politics. Get out and vote. We are very, very, very blessed here in this country that we do have freedom of expression. It's very easy to vote. Uh, We are in the best position possible for an individual to express themselves politically. So you need to participate in the political system. Uh, If you look at the idea, not so much the practical points, but the idea of democracy, it is we in America are a representative democracy. So we represent individual. We elect representatives to represent us on a on a larger scale because you know we can't have all West Virginians like together voting on something. But we vote on people to represent us. Therefore, you need to vote. Um, yeah. it broke my heart this morning. Just this morning, it's April eighteenth. April eighteenth, I think. Whatever days are blurry. Forty percent of registered voters here in Greenbrier County are expected to vote during the primary. 40%. Do you think that's lower because people are afraid to go out? They're actually expecting it to be a little bit higher because they're mailing out absentee ballots. Oh, my goodness. It's much easier, but only 40%. If you do not have a high participation rate within the citizenship, the democracy is not representative. It's not as functional as it could be. So anybody listening right now, Get out and um, please, vote. Yeah, get yeah. out and I vote. will say this. When anybody, if anybody starts complaining to me about a particular politician, about a particular body of government, about anything, one of the first things I'll ask, and, and I do it kindly, you know, you know, hey, do you vote? And if they tell me no, I'm done with the conversation. Yeah. I, and it's not me being a jerk. It's just, listen, you can't complain. But what if the candidates weren't good? So I didn't vote for anybody. It's still... <laughs> given the opportunity. It's kind of like this idea that it's like Call you're going to go said that. you're going to go to the cabinet, open it up, there's no food there and you're going to complain that there's no food there, but you have the money in your bank account to go grocery shopping. Like you Vote. can't complain about no food if you just refuse to go grocery shopping. And so um yeah, I definitely think being involved and this is a different topic um kind of than so should, should I do my rabbit hole noise? Well, no, this is the, Christians. Should Christians enter into the political realm? Should Christians yeah, I, I think become so. a part? Yes. And, and there's a, I think that's a bigger topic. Not a bigger, it's a separate topic, but I think the same principles uh, apply that if you do, you approach it loving God first and loving others. Um, you submit to those that are in authority over you and you pray for them. And so it's the same as entering any other job field. And make sure you're not just voting. Like, it doesn't end there. I think voting is the minimal amount of effort you can do if you are to... Put a political yard sign in your yard. It helps. <laughs> Let everybody know. No, please don't. Um, please don't. Do, do research. Like, try to acquire knowledge about the politicians, those that are running. What are you laughing at? Should I share my funny story? Hold on one second. Let me finish this you one You finish thought. that, and then I'm going to share my funny because this is what you're talking about. Be sure to actually study on the policies, on the issues, and the individual candidates. And 
this is not a popular opinion. The the cable news networks are reality TV. Like politics, many people that will say I follow politics, they follow kind of like the reality TV drama aspect of it. If you want to be a good voter, if you want to be a good citizen, read books on policies. Read, 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 read. Don't just watch stuff on TV. Don't accept commentary as your own opinion. Read about the topics. Do your homework on those. And, uh, and that's it. I'll end on, I'll end my part on a funny story is, you know, my, the guy that I worked for, uh, it's been, I mean, it's been 20 years ago that I worked for him, but he was saying, because you were talking about, you know, due diligence is, is the term, you know, research. Find out who you're voting for and, and do your best and, and vote um, first and foremost according to God's word um, as Christians, because remember, we're talking to Christians, uh, and, and do the due diligence. Well, um, we were talking one time about just voting straight party ticket. You know, because you yeah. on the little what do they call it? Is it called not Ivatronic? Valid? Ivatronic? The computers that we use now here in West Virginia, I don't know if they're used. Oh, I only vote in paper. I'm not trusting no computer made in China to but cash my vote. This computer, you know, you can literally just start and go all Republican, all Democrat. You can just go straight. And yeah. we were talking about that, and he was like, I don't think that that is fulfilling your civic duty doing that. And and it wouldn't that would just be a really lame story if it wasn't for the fact that he had lived in West Virginia for almost a decade and we were on our way as he's telling us what our civic duty is we were on our way for him to register to vote for the first time in West Virginia and he had lived there for almost a decade and so it was just oh, funny yeah. that's like hold on you're telling me what my civic duty is <laughs> while well, you've gone almost a decade without doing yours are you bringing this up are you questioning my civic duty I've been voting, boy, since no, 2008. You're saying due diligence, do your research. And oh, yeah. he was saying that we should do our research. We shouldn't go straight party. And I'm like, listen, we're saying, yes, due diligence, do your research, get out and vote, be involved. But love God first, love others, great, great commandment, and then submit to those that are in authority, whether you voted for them or not or you like them or not, okay, Submit to the authority and pray, pray, pray. I think it pretty much sums up. So how are Christians to engage in contemporary American politics? There you have it. And my last statement is this. May we not be a people, a citizenship who depends on the government to meet all needs. That is one major role of the church. Individuals, it's like if you have neighbors that are hungry, don't don't just wait for the government to send out checks or... Um, snap things, the, the food stamps, anything like that. It's like, we are the government. We are the people. We are the government. We can meet needs as well. So if you are going to engage in politics, you need to be engaged in the community as well. Meet those needs. Why wait around for the government to do something when you can do it yourself? And I don't know about you, Darren, but I ain't got no red tape in my house. That's a stupid joke. All right. Well, hey, if you made it this far, you're daggone awesome. You are awesome. Um, hope you enjoy listening to this. Like I said, we're not experts in it. Just want to have a discussion, keep the ball rolling. Be sure to insert yourself into this discussion. Hit us up on our Facebook page or go to our website, grassrootswb.com. I know you know about it because you found this this, uh, podcast on it. But, hey, we love you guys. You're awesome. See you next time.